0: Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable
1: Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on The Legal Talk Network. Today's episode is about marketing and more specifically about looking at the online world as a place to get found. In fact, the title of the show today is Online, Lost or Found. And my guest is Seth Price. Seth is a partner at Price Benowitz, which is a Washington DC law firm that represents people, but he's also the founder of Blue Shark Digital, an SEO business that helps law firms stand out from their competition on the web. And of course, I am your host, Christopher Anderson. I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful with their law firm businesses. I am dedicated to helping lawyers across the country to achieve success as they define it. In the Unbillable Hour each month, we explore an area important to help you grow your revenues, get back more of your time, and or get more professional satisfaction from your business. The Unbillable Hour is dedicated to helping lawyers achieve freedom through their businesses, and our guests help you learn more about how to make your law firm business work for you instead of the other way around. Before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors Answer One, Solo Practice University, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 Answer One or online at www.answer1.com. That's dot onecom Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Lawclerk, where attorneys hire freelance lawyers. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. And today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is online, lost or found. And my guest today is Seth Price. As I mentioned earlier, Seth is a partner at Price Benowitz LLP, a Washington, D.C. law firm that helps people with personal injury claims, medical malpractice, criminal cases, whistleblower and more. Seth has also founded Blue Shark Digital, an SEO, thats search engine optimization business that looks at law firm marketing in a way to help law firms stand out from the crowd. Seth, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Oh, yeah. It's great to have you. Now, first of all, my introduction, as usual, it's a tradition on the show, was ridiculously brief because I just feel my guests are better at introducing themselves than I am. So can you uh, just tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, Blue Shark and what it does to help law firms?
2: Sure. Well, I'll take a step back. Essentially, Blue Shark Digital was a byproduct of something that I started 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I launched a law firm with a college law school friend who's just a great, great litigator, loves being a the courtroom, and he and I decided to divide and conquer, and I focused on marketing and management. He focused on the legal prowess and scaling the lawyers at our firm. So over the last 10 years, we developed a digital team. I stopped going to lawyer conferences and started geeking out on the inner workings of digital marketing, specifically SEO, and how to get law websites to rank. About two and a half years ago, we took our in-house team that had helped scale us from two to 30 lawyers over the better part of a decade, and basically took that group and spun it into its own digital agency. And hence, Blue Shark Digital was born and we now have 60 clients around the country, almost all consumer-facing law firms, the things that Price Benowitz does from personal injury, medical malpractice, criminal defense, family law, trust and estates, immigration, and basically our job is to take the website, everybody should have a website at this point, but the website is just sort of starting point, And the idea is how do we take that website and get it to compete well against everybody else who's fighting for those eyeballs? And Blue Shark Digital's mission is to really take the knowledge that's inside each of the lawyers' noggins and make sure that Google sees the excellence that is there and promotes those websites so that they really have a chance of getting the clicks, the calls, and that traffic, which convert to revenue.
1: Now, I'm going to presume, like from the way you just described this, that your in-house team, as you described them, was actually successful at doing this for your law firm. Is that right?
2: Correct. We sort of dominated our DC metro, whether it be criminal, personal injury, trust, and estates and said, hey, we're doing this for ourselves. We've created quite a nut. We have a decent-sized team. We could take this team that right now is just a cost center. And we can turn it into a team that helps people everywhere. And one of the things that I love about it, it was sort of, a selfish move at first because as you know with a marketing team in-house if any whether it's a single person or whether it's a few people, the issue is that you, you get somebody and I did this over the first eight years of my practice. I would take somebody, I'd train them, I'd show them what they needed to succeed, and then they would move on and they'd get an offer for gobs of money and leave. And I said, hey, I don't want that to happen. So by creating Blue Shark Digital, we're able to keep and retain talent and so it's worked really well both for the firm but as well as our clients because, you know, it's consistency and the, the work that we'll talk about during this podcast and SEO, it's not easy, it takes a lot of attention to detail and that having the same team over time is a huge advantage.
1: Yeah, though I gotta tell you, you just killed my whole, I was just about to set you up on how altruistic that once you found it a way to make it work for your law firm, you're willing to share it with the world but you just pointed out that it was actually a way to really be able to keep top talent um, to really continue your growth as well as your law firm's growth while also helping out other law firms.
2: Yes, it certainly was. There was certainly an internal reason, but I love this stuff. It's a passion play. You know, you sort of, you do what you love to do. And I I love this part. So the fact that I can focus more of my day, not just on our firm, but on clients around the country uh, really drives me and it's been a great ride.
1: Yeah. And so let's get into the weeds just a little bit. So, you know, you mentioned that, you know, SEO is a big part of it and that's a lot about what I want to talk about here. And it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, out in, if any of my listeners are, are like I am and you know, we're out in the world, a lot of people are saying, you know, SEO, it's gotten to be a lot harder, it's dead, really content's king, but you really stay on top of SEO. But before we go like further as to why or why it's still relevant, let's make sure everybody understands what it is. You know, we hear it a lot. What does SEO mean to you and how should our listeners understand what? search engine optimization
2: is sure and i'll even take a further step back to clarify there are three components there's paid search which is generally the ads at the top that you see that have a little ad next to it and those used to be three they're now four there's now a three pack that sometimes includes an ad but sometimes not and that usually comes in coordination with the map for local search, and then there are the searches below that. So, you know, SEO has definitely gotten harder. So SEO is the art of optimizing for the non-paid component, meaning the non-ads. The ads are something that's an auction, which the whole separate topic and we provide that, but that in competitive markets, those ads are getting more and more expensive and harder to compete, and harder to get a decent ROI, as well as, in certain markets or certain practice areas where you're dealing with revenue-based clients versus contingency, very often the smarter money is not clicking on the ads but looking for the organic search and there's some stats on that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's intuitive. It makes intuitive sense. Like I, I know, you know, when I search, I know that the ads that are being served up to me, someone has paid to put those in front of me and I at least I feel that the Google search results on the left are more relevant, right? Are more like they came up because it was closer to what I was looking for. Is that, is that, that's how it feels. Is
2: that a, right? That's the idea behind it. So there are a certain number of people, like my parents, that are going to click on whatever's at the top. <laughs> yeah. But when you're looking at most of the more rational players, I see this, for instance, in criminal defense. Generally, better cases are coming via the organic search than in the top with the ads. I think that something like SSDI is something where people just click on whatever's at the top. And with rare exceptions, and there are exceptions to everything, the smarter money in SSDI would be to do a paid campaign, whereas in things like criminal or trust in estates, you're able to get a return on investment from organic once you're ranking that pays dividends over time, you almost built a foundation, rather than sort of a spigot that the moment you stop paying, it disappears.
1: Yeah, that does make sense. So you were, before I interrupted so rudely, uh, you were about to break down SEO into you said four components that people need to think about.
2: Right. So within SEO, now that we're talking about SEO specifically, and this is the organic search, there are four main areas. And this is, you know, one of those things that there aren't a lot of secrets in this. Google has told us what they're focused on. The algorithm is very complicated, but there are four basic areas. that are easy to say, just complicated to implement. (laughs) One is the content, which you referred to before. High quality content, content is king, is a sort of a saying, but it's, it's more true now than ever. So high quality content, content, authoritative links. Google still wants to know who trusts you, and the trust currency is link equity, so that if CNN links to you, that means somebody who's authoritative is linking to you. If you know, a mom-and-pop blog that has no visitors and no followers links to you doesn't do you as much good, so authoritative links, mm-hmm. and Google said the essence of SEO comes down to content and links. The other components are the technical or on-page components of SEO, which is, it's great to have a website, but have you optimized your title tags, your meta descriptions? Do you have the site coded in a way that the page loads quickly? and that the Google bot can get through effectively. So just like you want a consumer to come and see a pull-down menu to get to the information they want, you want Google to be able to see that from their end. So a well-coded site is the third component, and the fourth is the local component, which doesn't affect the straight organic, but the three-pack, which is really important right now because the four ads at the top have pushed organic down. Mm -hmm. So when the three-pack is shown, getting in that is really, really important. And the three-pack is a combination of traditional SEO, the content links and the coding, as well as this fourth component, which is the local, which is sort of the consumer or the business sees it as Google My Business. That's the current form that Google is showing it. But that the currency for traditional SEO is the link equity coming in, whereas in local, you're looking at citations. That's the name, address, and phone number, sometimes referred to as the NAP and making sure that those are consistent across the web and listed in all the relevant places. And the reason that that area can get complicated is that people move offices, they switch phone numbers, they change the name of the firm if a partner leaves. All of those things can be confusing to Google. And when Google is confused, that's bad for (laughs) rankings. That's not a good thing. Exactly. So our job is to go through and sanitize all that and say, look, partners are going to leave. Phone numbers may change, hopefully not. And locations certainly change. All of that can be dealt with, but if left without any help, can be very detrimental to local search. So when those four things properly and rowing in the same direction, that's when you can see really good results through SEO.
1: Great, so SEO breaks down, as you just said, to content, which is king, inbound links, so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, the technical aspects of your website, and things to keep your local consistent so that Google, as you said, doesn't get confused. I'm talking with Seth Price of Blue Shark Digital on the uh, Unbillable Hour. We're gonna take a break here to hear from our sponsors, and when we come back, we're gonna go into each one of those four fundamental parts of search engine optimization and learn more about them. We'll be back in just a moment. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than a thousand classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a first year to perform legal research or a seasoned attorney to assist with a complicated appellate brief, Law Clerk has hundreds of freelance lawyers with every level of experience and expertise. There are no sign up or monthly fees, only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. This is Christopher Anderson with the Unbillable Hour, and I'm speaking with Seth Price of Blue Shark Digital about search engine optimization, or SEO. Before the break, we talked about the four fundamental components of good SEO content being one of the most important and inbound links being those two, content and links being the fundamentally most important, but also the technical aspects of your website and the importance of local to be in what Seth was talking about as the three pack, which we're gonna learn more about here in just a second. But so Seth, if you don't mind, let's start from the top and take them one at a time. We talked a little bit about why content is important, but uh, like what is, first of all, let's just talk about what does content mean? and how has it become
2: more important over time? Basically, Google is trying to give people the best answer to the question asked. So if somebody is looking for a criminal attorney or an immigration attorney or a family law attorney, they have a lot of choices. And content is one of the main ways that you can differentiate yourself from the other people out there. So the first thing is you want something that's well written. Google is getting more and more sophisticated as far as what the quality of content is. They have a number of patents that are registered that allow them to help determine through their bots what is the quality of content. They can now tell if somebody was a native English speaker when they're, when they're writing. And so, the days of getting really cheap content done overseas is long gone. Not only is it a bad experience for the user who's reading broken English, but Google can now tell the difference. So, that's a no-no. So, then the question is, how do you...
1: So, but I want to get really clear on one thing there. Does that mean that the Oxford comma is back?
2: You know, that is something that Google doesn't (laughs) tell us exactly what they're reading or not reading but they are reading how many syllables words are yeah. how complex the sentences are right. so you know right now though, the latest thing i saw yesterday was is it one or two spaces after a period i wouldn't stress about that too much right. but what i would stress about is the words on the page and a comma's not going to kill you one way or the other but having something that makes sense if a user is reading it and having a good experience there's a good chance the google bot will as well and that Google is getting better and better at understanding what is good writing to a point that's scary. Wow! And so the writing becomes really,
1: really important. Is there a sweet spot? I mean, is it like 10th grade level? I mean, because I can imagine there's also too sophisticated, right? If I start to speak, write my website in Shakespearean sonnets, it's probably Google's not going to like that either.
2: Right. I think that the newspapers do a pretty good job of figuring that out. Okay. There are a number of different schools of thought on that. I think for us, it's what would be the best answer to the question. So if you get too technical, you're going to lose people. If you go too basic or not well-written, that's not right as well. And then there's a layer on top. So if you go back a few years, you would basically layer in the anchor text you were looking for. So if you were looking for an immigration lawyer, you would want your geography and the immigration lawyer up to a density of 5%. That is no longer the case. But at the same time, having it, let's say once per paragraph is really useful. So it's Mm -hmm. balancing. You don't want it to be spammy, but you do want it to reflect what you want to be found for. So it's sort of a balancing act between making sure that Google has a clear understanding on what you want that content found for, while at the same time not making it unreadable or awkward because you're overemphasizing the term you want Google to find you for.
1: Okay, very cool. So the aspects of the writing and the quality of the writing has become more important. What else about content should people be focusing on?
2: I would say the idea that you want to make sure that there's a minimum length for your pages. Our philosophy is a 500-word page is a minimum that we would like to see and that Google has different penalties or algorithmic filters for content that's too short. So if you have a website with 200-word page, pages throughout, that's not a good idea. Having an occasional 200-word page for an FAQ not going to kill you, but you want to make sure that the level of writing is sophisticated enough, that you're answering the questions, that the length is such that you're not getting filtered for thin content, and really, you're trying to give some value so that there are two reasons that people come to the website. One, they land there, they click on the phone number, they never read anything, great, you'll love that, but at the same time, a certain percentage of people are going to read that content, and Google is now reading it as well at some level, and you need to make sure that you're doing the best possible job to answer the question the person is asking.
1: Great. Now, I've heard also, before we let the content topic go, I've heard also about being able to provide readers a path through what you're writing. So, you know, what I've heard it called the secondary reader path or using headlines and that kind of thing. Is that still important or is that gone by the wayside?
2: No, I mean, look, everything from the descriptions and the code through how a user comes through the site. So when a Google bot crawls the site, they are trying to figure out where content is. So that if you are a trusted estates lawyer and you have one page on probate Okay, but if you can go from the probate p- page to ten different sub-pages on different sub-issues of probate, and then from each of those sub-pages over time to sub you've created an entire library or a silo of information. So when Google's trying to say, hey, who's authoritative on Washington State probate? Google's able to say, hey, these guys don't just have a page on it like everybody else. They have an entire library of information. And when you have that, that's one way to show to Google, we are an authority in this space. We have a lot of information. It's well organized. People can find it both when they're clicking through as well as when the Google bot comes through to read the site.
1: Cool. And how does, like, I'm seeing more sites with non-text on them, video, audio, pictures. How does that play into the importance of content and how Google Content.
2: Well, two things. I guess, look, big fan of video and pictures can be very, very useful. And Google is getting better and better. And at some point, very soon, if they don't have it already, they will be reading the content in the video. However, For our purposes, where you have spot-on content, we want to make sure that while we have beautiful pictures that we are letting Google see the content as quickly as possible. And so it's a balancing test between a beautiful homepage with a great cityscape, but also not burying the content so far because we want Google to be able to see it. And so you're balancing having the aesthetic piece while at the same time not ignoring the fact that you need that rich content in order to be found for the terms you want to be found for.
1: Okay. Well, that makes total sense. Okay. So we talked about content. You said there were four fundamentals. Content was a very important one. Um, the other, another one that you said was really important was good, and you used the word authoritative links. What are the links that you're talking about and what are good links versus bad links?
2: Great. Okay. The threshold question is good links versus bad links. There are bad links. You don't want links from bad neighborhoods. Going back a number of years, you could get lots of links coming from overseas, from Russia or Southeast Asia, that were on really spammy properties but were able to game the system. Google has gotten sophisticated enough that they know where those bad neighborhoods are and you want to stay away from them. Google has said that if you aren't currently penalized and You can tell that through the search console. If you aren't already penalized, then you don't really – it's not a main focus. But our goal is to clean up the bad links and then Mm -hmm. add fundamental good links. So what are good links? Links from media properties, links from EDUs from universities, links from people in your community that show that you're a player in your community. From an authority point of view, the links from the universities and the news sites or or anything like that is going to be much more authoritative and help move the needle. The links from the area, other local businesses, are going to help Google see that you are part of that local ecosystem. And so we look to do a blend of those. You want everything to be natural. You don't want to buy links. You don't want to do anything that's a scheme, like I link to you, you link back to me. Right. All of that is that. bad. Right. You also don't want to like say, oh, I'm going to link build today and build a thousand links today and then nothing for two years. You don't want to see spikes. What you want to see is a natural gradation where links are coming, and as you build those links and Google continues to crawl that you continue to advance, you don't want to do something that looks like you're trying to manipulate the search engine.
1: So it sounds like what you're saying is basically when I get links to my website, when one of our listeners gets links to their website, the little bit of the person or the website that's linking to you comes with it, right? So if it's CNN or PBS or NPR radio or whatever, the fact that it's an authoritative news source comes with the link and lends some of its credibility. And conversely, if it's coming from a less credible source, then uh, you could get damaged or at least not helped.
2: Right. So yes, basically Google's, just like we're talking about with content, Google's going to say, hey, we have 15 different people doing family law in Spokane how are we supposed to determine who comes first and who doesn't? And if they say, wow, this person's been on CNN and they, they were quoted in the Wall Street Journal, you know, that's something that's showing there's an outside authoritative source that's trusting or liking this. And it goes further down. You know, it's a combination of volume as well as quality. And quality right now um, is trumping volume. So it is better to have a few high quality links then a gazillion very low-quality links. They may not do you much good. I think the exception to the low, lower authoritative links are things that are local, and if you can demonstrate local you know, interaction with the other businesses in the community, that that is another trust because remember, Google's looking at this from a million feet up and they're trying to figure out what's real and what's not real. You know, you're doing or our job as an agency is to take that law firm who may have amazing lawyers who are really, really good at what they do, and demonstrate to Google through the content and the authoritative links that this firm knows what they're talking about and can answer the question being asked, and that pushes you further up, and that's the entire sort of process process that we go through in doing SEO. Okay,
1: so I just want to cover one more topic on that before we move on to the other two fundamentals. But you mentioned a a term uh, while you were talking about it called link building. You said you don't want to go spend a whole day link building. But it does beg the question of, all right, I've built a website, I've got my law firm. How do I get people to link to me? I mean, what do I do?
2: Right. So you can spend hours and hours link building. That's not a bad thing. What you don't want to do is have things spike. You don't want to be, you have no links for two years. And then all of a sudden you get a bunch and then you don't get any for a while more. You want it to come naturally over time because that would show that you're not trying to manipulate everything. It's that, Hey, I was on the news this time. And I, you know, the local chamber of commerce links to me and the better business bureau. So what do you do? I think what you look internally what you could first do a search for your name in quotes, for example, to see where you already are online. Something we do with all of our clients is look to see what media they've already gotten, because very often people have already been in the press, and it's not 100%, there are certain periodicals that never link. Like I rarely, rarely see links from the Washington Post, but CNN and the Wall Street Journal are pretty good about giving a link if you've been quoted. So first, and it also could be local periodicals. A local gazette can be Another place, but looking to see where are you online, you also may find associations, different organizations that have directories, whether it's a legal organization or something that you're doing in the nonprofit sector in your spare time. Any place that you or your firm name is listed is an opportunity that's already there to find link equity and get a link back to you. Then, you know, once you've sort of exhausted what's already out there, then the uh, the idea is how can you do things that will generate that excitement to get people to want to link to you. And so if you're already doing a community service project, that's great. But how much cooler would it be if you bring a few other businesses into the mix? so They are working with you and you can bring those. And all of a sudden, what you're doing offline, which is the home run, if you can take your offline work and get that to be seen by Google through online links, That's the home run. Excellent.
1: All right. So we've been talking here with Seth Price about uh, search engine optimization and uh, about what the four fundamentals of search optimization are, which are content, links, technical, and local. We've gone deep into content and links. We're gonna take a break here, and when we come back, we're gonna be talking about the technical SEO aspects and also what it takes to do good local. But first, we're gonna hear from our sponsors. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One virtual receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24 7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1 800 Answer One. Or visit them at AnswerOne.com slash podcast for a special offer. That's AnswerTheNeverOne.com slash podcast. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. This is Christopher Anderson with the Unbillable Hour. I'm talking with Seth Price of Price Benowitz and also Blue Shark Digital. And we've been talking about search engine optimization and about the four fundamentals, content, links, technical and local. And now it's time to ask some more questions and learn a little bit about technical. We've learned about how important content is and how important good links are and how to watch out for bad links. But so Seth, when we're talking about technical, what is it that we're talking about? What do we have to do technically on our websites to make sure that they're good for the Google bots?
2: Right. So, you know, very often people come to us and say, Hey, I spent a bunch of money on the website. It looks beautiful, but it's not working. And the biggest issue that I see is people are ignoring that while WordPress is user friendly and we recommend WordPress highly, we have all of our websites on WordPress and we love WP Engine as a host, you know, staying away from people like GoDaddy. Uh, not that I don't love GoDaddy for registration, but, you know, getting a high quality host is a big deal. The whole point is not to ignore what's going on behind the beautiful photos. So if you have a gorgeous site, but it takes forever to load, that's really annoying especially if you're on mobile, with more than 50% on mobile these days, you know, if you don't have a site that loads quickly, people are gone and on to the next place, and Google knows that. So Google is rewarding people that have faster loading websites, and it's actually disadvantageous if your website does not load quickly. So we, we focus on load time. We also are constantly looking at what are the other things that give us an advantage? There are other, on, this is on the on-page, there are on-page aspects of the site, which are the title tags and the meta descriptions, they've been around forever, shouldn't be ignored. There was a friend of mine, a very wealthy lawyer, who spent like hundred thousand dollars on this really crappy WordPress site. Oh, no. And this group that were supposedly experts had the name of the firm as the title tag on every page. And the title tag is a place where you're allowed to tell Google, hey, Google, this is what this page is about. You don't want to give up those characters. The limited number of characters, you can say exactly the words you want Google to be matching with your page, and to give that up. Google knows your firm is that website. That's obvious. But what's not obvious is that this page is for a specific type of law at a specific location, and you want to be able to say loud and proud that's there. So not forgetting about title tags and meta descriptions, making sure the site loads quickly. And now there are a number of other things that you can use through something called Schema. Schema Schema.org allows you the opportunity to mark up your site and allow Google to see things that are going on. So whether you want to be able to use a location markup or whether you want them to be able to say, hey, this is a review on this page, all of those are really important. And we could do an entire podcast on Schema, but suffice it to say, I tell everybody, make sure that it's not being ignored by your webmaster, because if it is, you're giving up a huge opportunity.
1: So these are kind of like breadcrumbs for the bots, for the bots to sort of say, hey.
2: Yes. Google's saying here is language that will allow us to understand more about what's going on on your site. And if you're ignoring it, you're giving up an opportunity.
1: Okay, fantastic. So yeah, that would be you know something that just your sort of person who's picking up Wix or, you know, one of these uh, sort of Template websites won't know to do, and uh, could really could really miss out on on that huge part.
2: And there's nothing wrong with the Wix to start. I started with a fifty dollar a month templated site, and added and added and added until I was spending five hundred dollars a month with this guy. And he basically called me up and said, hey, you've graduated, you need to move on because you need more than our platform can produce. So if you're in a B2B space and you want to take your money and buy season tickets and or take people out to lunch and dinner and you're like, I want to minimize my cost, you can get a beautiful website on a Wix. It's just not going to compete with the people who are optimizing and crushing it with a WordPress site with all the different things you can do with it. So, yeah, which brings us to
1: that question. So when that time comes, when someone's looking at it and saying, listen, we need to step up to the next level, I want to ask this question in two ways. First of all, what are the benefits of going for a redesign? But also, because I've seen this like really hurt people, what are some of the pitfalls of going for a redesign that people should watch out for?
2: Well, I'd say on the benefits, they're twofold. One is websites are like almost like iPhones. By the time you buy one, the next shiny, flashy one is coming out, and you want that. So websites need to be updated on a regular basis. It's never as often as you want it to be, but it shouldn't be something that's just left for years. We fall in love with it because we kind of like it, but the world keeps moving, and you want to make sure you have the coolest-looking site that can keep up with everybody else. So that's, that's one. On the other side of that, I would say, you know, when you're looking at what do I do next, the issue that I see a lot of the time, and it's really tough because the average lawyer doesn't know the difference, is that company who's taking it over to redesign it? Are they taking advantage of any of the things we've been talking about? If somebody's going to be your new web provider and they're doing SEO, but they don't build content and they don't create links, to me, that's not doing SEO. And there are plenty of people out there that do that. So, It's a lot of hard work, but the question is, how many pages of fresh content are you getting a month? You know, how many links? And not that you should get a numeric number like I will get this many because one link from CNN is worth more than 50 random crappy links, but if no links are being built and no content is being created, I can tell you the needle is generally not being moved.
1: Right, well that makes total sense. All right, so we've talked about content, we've talked about links and then we've talked about technical. The fourth aspect that you said were one of the fundamentals of search engine optimization or SEO was local. And you mentioned a three pack. So what is local and why does it matter?
2: Well, it matters because this is your opportunity and especially if you're in a hyper-competitive market and you're slightly outside of town, this is your opportunity to compete. So in the old days, if you typed in injury lawyer, the biggest, baddest player in Los Angeles that had the most resources would have a website that would be seen nationally. And that's not a great user experience because the average person needs a lawyer closer to home. So Google has put a lot of emphasis into local. Even if you don't type in the city you're in, Google knows generally where you're searching from even if you've signed out of Google, they know where the IP address is, and they will try to give you relevant search results. So the three-pack is that it's opportunity. It's directly, generally below the ads, above the organic, where they're giving three lawyers the opportunity to say, hey, we're close to where you are, and we have what you need. And that. For that reason, it's really, really important. If you can get yourself on the three-pack, that, especially if it's being shown, meaning if it's not shown, the organic becomes more important. But the three-pack is essentially this amalgamation of the organic that we've just been speaking about for all this time and these extra local data points which include the NAP, the name, address, and phone number, being around the web in relevant places. So it's not a link, but it's your name, address, and phone number that Google is reading and saying, we see the better business is showing you here, and this directory is showing you here, and that you're in those relevant places. So first is to make sure that is done. But then on a secondary level, once you've done that, those local links I talked about before, showing while it's not comparable to a national news outlet, they are demonstrating to Google, that you are relevant in the community. And again, what we're trying to basically say to Google is we are the relevant search result for what somebody's looking for. And if you can get that to be seen by Google, then Google My Business, your profile is shown as one of the three people in the three pack. That is really powerful.
1: Right. And to be clear, for the way you're explaining this, that these aren't for sale. You've got to get noticed by the content of your website and the links to local businesses, like you, it's got to come from real organic places, not there's no way to buy your way onto the three pack.
2: Ironically, they're now making it possible in some markets, they are allowing a sale uh, of the top. They're at a extra spot above it, okay. but for the three that are left, yes so google is always like they need stock prices to go up and you know <laughs> selling that much more it's frustrating but it is something that while there are occasionally opportunities to buy a spot there the three that don't have an ad next to them are based on the things that we're talking about here and that if you do these different pieces that is the formula to get there and most of this interaction comes through the Google My Business console. So you can add pictures, you can now add a 30-second video, you can add posts that disappear weekly, you can add a long description of your law firm, and that what Google generally does is they roll them out and they're not necessarily ranking factors moment one, but Google is trying to figure out how to make their Google My Business as sticky as possible, And so my feeling is whenever Google gives you an opportunity, you don't want to ignore it. They, for a long time, have given you the opportunity to get pictures taken by an outside photographer that match the street view up with a continuation into your office. Is this going to, per se, get you to rank more? Maybe not. But if somebody is trying to decide, am I going to you or not, and you have a beautiful office, why not show it off? Show it
1: off. Yeah, indeed. Fantastic. So that's how local is also really important. So we're talking with Seth Price. Um, We've talked about search engine optimization and the four key components of of search engine optimization. Content, content being king. Links, inbound links to your website. Technical, making sure your website performs well for the Google bots and local, making sure you're locally relevant. And man, we could go on. I mean, I have found this incredibly educating, but Unfortunately, we're out of time. And this wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. Our guest today, again, has been Seth Price. He's a partner at Price Benowitz LLP in Washington, D.C., and also a founder of Blue Shark Digital, a national SEO company helping and focusing on law firms. His website is Blue Shark Digital, and that's B-L-U with no E, so blu And uh, you can reach him by email if uh, you want to learn anything more from Seth at Seth at bluesharkdigital.com. Seth, thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And this, of course, is Christopher Anderson. And I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build a law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at legaltalknetwork.com or
0: on iTunes. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network.